Hi, hier ist Flo vom Sprechstunde-Podcast. Bei uns findet ihr sämtliche Themen, die die Welt bewegen. Dieser fantastische Podcast hier wird ihr präsentiert von Nike. Nike hat sich mit der aktuellen Find Your Fast-Kampagne in den Kopf gesetzt, genau dich noch schneller zu machen, noch ausdauernder, noch sicherer. Mit Find Your Fast ist die Zeit für einfach nur irgendwelche Laufschuhe endgültig vorbei. Du bist schließlich auch nicht einfach nur irgendein Sportler. Lass dich von Nike unterstützen und mach zukünftig jeden Lauf zu genau deinem besten Lauf. Uh, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a bit of wizardry. Oh, we do. Now, after a poor start on Saturday, Chelsea came back to win emphatically against Sheffield United, and in doing so, proved a point or three. But talking of proving points, Hakim Ziyech might well be proving to be the best of Chelsea's summer buys, with an eye-catching man-of-the-match performance. Uh, now, we all knew he had a wand of a left foot, but to see it in action and executed with surgeon-like precision was a joy to behold. Uh, Chelsea seemed to have tightened up the defence, ably led by the world-class Thiago Silva, have a grip on midfield with Kante, Kovacic and Mount impressing again, and fluid from back to front with match winners in Ziyech, Timo Werner and Tammy Abraham in attack. And all this without Kai Havertz and Christian Pulisic. Uh, now this league appears to be the most open for many a year, and Chelsea, just three points off the lead, are starting to look like real contenders. How frustrating then that we have to pause all the fun for another tedious international break. Uh, the Chelsea fancast number 539, The Blue Wave, which seems hugely appropriate at this moment in history. But there you go. Um, somebody who is always appropriate at any moment in history. And boy, what a long history it's been. Look, I'm waving. There you are. I can see you. For those of you watching in black and white, Jonathan is waving. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm I'm managing. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, I'm a uh, boy buoyed hugely, buoyant by uh, by Saturday's performance. Oh my goodness me! Wow, wow, and double wow. Mm. I, I I waxed lyrical on Twitter and just put lots of hearts. You didn't wax gibbous or anything. Gibbous, yeah. Oh, that's clever, Chidge. That's all right. I, with uh, props to Clive, obviously. He liked to wax Gibbous, didn't he? Of course. He did indeed. Uh, it was really fun to, to talk to you on Friday. I enjoyed that show, by the way. Um, I'm going to enjoy this one even more, I think, having uh, uh, you know thoroughly, thoroughly uh, enjoyed watching the match as well. Now, we've also got the, uh, the chief uh, correspondent writer, chief football writer for the some obscure website that I've never heard of called ChelseaFanCast.com. In fact, he's not just the chief writer, he's the editor as well, Mr. Dean Mears. Evening, Chidge. Yeah, blue wave, but we're not feeling blue today. No, aren't you? I'm always feeling blue, mate, in a good way. Well, not blue in a bad way, blue in a good way. Yeah, I had a very, I had a very interesting... Uh, chat with my wife over the weekend she sent me this picture of a lovely dog that we we kind of both know friend of ours uh, friends of ours got this lovely dog 
and uh, I sent uh, a blue heart because, and I mean, you you lot will know this. You're all Chelsea. We always send blue hearts, don't we? Never red hearts, always blue. And she sent one back saying, why have you sent me a blue heart, which means you're cold and heartless? I said, it's a Chelsea thing. She said, well, I don't, I said, well, only Chelsea people understand that. I said, well, I don't really care. Blue heart it is. I think, Chid, you have to be really careful with these things. You, you do. Know? It's like putting um, um, putting a kiss. If you put it as a capital to a girl, they think you're really interested in them. And I, I, I just put big kisses because I was being, you know, being actorish. And, oh, I got, I got into trouble with that. I, I find the whole the whole uh, signage of all of these things very tricky because I foolishly put up a couple of red hearts about Zayich. I should have put blue. What a fool I was. Uh, now, uh, last but by no means least, the absolutely delightful, what a lovely man he is, Mr. Mark Meehan. How are you, mate? I'm okay. Good evening, everybody. Evening, Chidge. Um, thank God I'm useless at emojis. I've got no clue about all that sort of stuff. So there's no danger of me putting anything stupid up like that and make, make, making a mistake. Um, and as the eternal optimist that I am, uh, looking forward to what should be a good show this evening. I think it will be, mate. I think it will be. And uh, without further ado, um, I'm going to put my proper reading glasses on. So there you go. Quick costume change. Now, I can't see them, but I can see what I have to read. And I suppose that's more important because on the show tonight, we wonder at the wizardry of Hakim Ziyech. We ask, is Thiago Silva the new rock? And we discuss the importance of Timo Werner's ability to score goals. In part two, we discuss the importance of Chelsea passing another test with an emphatic win. Uh, we ask, with Tammy, Reese, and Mason all upping their game, is this the lesson uh, that Fikayo Tomori and Callum Hudson-Odoi need? And with Chelsea playing with real menace and fluidity, are they genuine title contenders even in an open season? And will this momentum be checked by the international break and player fatigue? And in part three, we've got a couple of really good emails to read out. Uh, we're going to check out uh, the ups and downs of the Prem Predictions League and we have a competition to win a copy of Walter Otten's new book, Let the Celery Decide. There we go. Uh, and as you probably noticed already, there are only three parts tonight, uh, which means hopefully we'll all get off in about a half, an hour and a half, maybe. That would be nice. Uh, no no other football to talk about. because I mean, we did we did uh, Wren on Friday, and there's no midweek match. So uh, we get we get a bit of an early early night tonight, JK, hopefully. Anyway, as ever, do not forget... Uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday, 7 o'clock, by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show, and we will completely ignore you because I'm busy doing the show. I can't be, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm in my 50s. I can't flaming well multitask, all right? Anyway, any other time I might actually respond, but there you go. Now, in a second or two, we're going to talk about the football. Well, there you go. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, if we don't start talking about this tonight, we should give it all up right now. 
frankly. Uh, it was just so joyous. Uh, what a! am just going to read you. I mean, because you know I love a stat. He lied. Uh, I'm going to read you a few stats, okay, about Hakim Ziyech. Uh, clearly man of the match. I mean, again, you know, that's like, duh. Uh, six chances created. That's most by a player in a Premier League home game this season. Two assists, most by a Chelsea player in a Premier League match in 2020-21. 59 passes, three attempts, joint second in the match. Four fouls, one most in the match. Three dribbles, uh, not quite as many as I did, I have to be honest, but three dribbles, uh, joint most in the game. Hakim Ziyech created six chances for Chelsea against Sheffield United, the most any Premier League player has created in a single home game this season. Um, Jonathan, I have rarely seen you so effusive uh, on uh, on Twitter about a player's performance. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I thought it was remarkable. I think he's a remarkable player. And what I loved was the fact that um, the second goal in particular was this bizarre, hanging, dipping cross that was very similar to the corner he took that outfoxed Kepper in the Ajax game at home, where Kepper got covered with opprobrium and, and, and hatred for supposedly not blocking it. And then poor old, what's his face? The, uh, the, um, the goalkeeper, what was his name? Um, I've forgotten it already. Um, but, um, he was talking about how good he was um, uh, last uh, on Friday's preview, our, our, our chap who, who's replaced Henderson. What's his name? Um, Ramsdale, Mr. Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Ramsdale should have remembered. It's like Ramsbottom. I should have remembered. Wasn't Ramsdale. he in the Norman Wisdom fil- uh, films? Mr. Ram, oh, was Grimsdale, wasn't it? Oh. Grimsdale, Mr. Grimsdale, Mr. Grimsdale, must, oh, Mr. Grimsdale. Must be um, his cousin. Must be his cousin, Ramsdale. <laughs> Ram, Ramsbottom. Anything to do with anything to do with sheep? Doesn't um, he run a chip shop? Ramsdale, Ramsdale's, yeah, like that, like yeah, that. Clever, clever. But um. Uh, and then, of course, he does exactly the same thing to Ramsdale, who just can't cope with it. And Chilwell dives in, well, doesn't, strolls in, closes his eyes, it hits him on the thigh and goes in the goal. But um, uh, some of those, I mean, it was just, it, it, he has a kind of a unique style. Prasanth on uh, Twitter asked me, who does he compare to? Because I compared Havertz to Hudson. And I can honestly say, to me, uh, um, Mark, I mean, you, you're, I think you agree with me here. He doesn't actually compare with anybody. I've never seen anybody do that before. I've never seen anybody cross the ball with such brilliant accuracy and with these enormous... The, the ball dips on the goalkeeper who then can't deal with it. Neither can the, the, neither can the centre-half. And clearly this is what he did at Ajax um, because he did it against us. And... Um, but he's also that wonderful piece of trickery he did when he, he stopped the ball and then just kicked it for, further ahead again and they dragged it back and then went forwards again, which went r- the rounds on Twitter. was wonderful skill at the time. I remember seeing it and thinking, he's, hey, this is a class act, this boy. So I'm afraid it's... To me, that was similar to Pat Nevin beating all those players in... Uh, in, in when was it? When was it, Mark? Eight, 80, 80, November 83. Well remembered. Fantan knew you'd remember. Fantastic. Absolutely similar. Where as a as a supporter, you go, Wow, we've got this man playing for us. This is this is a really star act. This is a star attraction. And he belongs to my team. He's playing for us. And um he will absolutely set the place alight. And the thing to remember is it's not just him. We haven't just got Hazard playing for us and 
possibly Kante's, the two world-class players. We've got several others, and this is just going to contribute to the excellence of the team, which, as we've said, isn't a finished product by any means. But think of the potential with this guy playing. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, you, you know, the, the thing that really just has astonished me, and I, I kind of said this, <clears throat> said this during the match as well, uh, in our lovely Discord group, actually. But it's so funny, isn't it, with 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 Ziyech? Because of course we bought him really early, didn't we? Way before the transfer window even opened, and 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 then of course he got, you know, he wasn't fit and, and all the rest of it, and so he kind of he's the last really to make an appearance in that kind of context. All the other people that we bought, and all this excitement about Werner being one of the best strikers in Germany, all this excitement about. Uh, Havertz being one of the most talented young players in the Bundesliga. You know, we've got all these wonderful players that have come in. He's kind of been under the wire. And yet, you know, Dino, I th- I think this kid is possibly the best of a- the lot. And who'd, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, you're right. He's, he's not even really a kid, is he? Because he's 27. True enough. And, you know, he's sort of at that, coming to that peak. And I think he's been underestimated all through his career because nobody's you know picked him up. And I'm so glad that we have and we scouted him because, you know, he's, he's a magician. Um, when he gets the ball, you're thinking something's going to happen now. You know, he's going to put it across or play a pass and we're going to have an opportunity to score. And he was, you know, fantastic. And, you know, everything went through him you know, on Saturday. He had 82 touches, which was the same as Timo and Tammy combined. So you can see, you know, they wanted to give him the ball because they knew he'd make something happen. And, you know, like um, JK said, when you've got players all over the pitch that can make a difference, it makes it possible to defend against. Yeah, totally right. I mean, uh, Mark, um, I don't know who, who it was. Uh, I kind of, I've been so busy today, I've hardly kind of peaked at Twitter very much. But uh, I'm aware of somebody, possibly somebody quite eminent, compared him, uh, said he was like a mixture between Fabregas and Hazard, which I thought was an interesting comparison. Now, you, you I mean, actually... It's it's a real um, maybe we should do like a a Chelsea kind of stats knowledge off between Mark Meehan and Kelvin Barker one day. But you you two have so I wouldn't it's like a rizzler between the two of you. But you've certainly got one of the best Chelsea memories I've ever encountered. Um, where does ZH kind of rate for you? Who 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 does he remind you of as a player? Oh, I think Phil Driver. Oh no. I think <laughs> I think we've got a unique player potentially on our, on our hands yeah. here. Yeah. I, I, I saw the tweet today. Um, can't remember who put it up. Um, and they said that he was a cross between sort of like Hazard and Fabregas. I think the thing he's got in common, as Dean made reference to, is his age. When Fabregas joined us, Fabregas joined us at 27, um, same as you know Hakim has. So he's joined us at the right time of his career. But I just thought, Whoa, what a player on Saturday. He only made his debut a couple of weeks ago. I think that's only his fourth game for us. Um, there's probably a bit of Hazard in there. There's probably a bit of Nevin. There's probably a bit of Iron Robin as well. I love the way... You look about him, but of, of Dennis Wise as well, which I like as well. There's a kind of cheekiness in his face. You know? well, what, I, what I really liked about him on Saturday as someone who is left-footed himself... And when I played football, I, I hated, you know, when my manager wanted me to play on the, sort of the right-hand side and being a left footer, I just used to moan all the time about that. And I just felt lost, square peg in a round hole. But just he looks so comfortable playing on the right side as a left-footed player. You know, he, sort of, he comes in, he puts those balls in. It was just a joy to watch. He was just, you know, 
another thing why it's such a shame we're not in the ground. Can you imagine that full stadium oh, on Saturday? Oh, him hitting those balls. Oh, oh. It, it, oh, oh it, love. the tremendous. love he would have got absolutely felt the same. Yeah, absolutely. He, he had such a, a, a superb game. Um, really just so enjoyable watching him play. And, you know, Dean put those stats up as well. You know, the guy hardly put a foot wrong on Saturday. He had a hand in absolutely everything. He ran that game. I don't think Sheffield United could absolutely get near him. They're probably glad to see the back of him. But I think there's so much more ahead. If that's like a fourth or fifth game for us, and once he settles into the team, and as JK says, it won't just be about him, you know, we were sort of criticised a couple of years ago for only perhaps having one or two world-class world players. He's one of quite a few now. So, you know, the future is bright. You know, look, look, looking forward to seeing seeing more of him. I think clearly what we need to do, though, um, is try and find a decent song for him. Yeah. Got any ideas? <laughs> Got any ideas? Uh, I, well, I, I, I was a bit cheeky today. I, I posted up for any Black Sabbath fans the lyrics of The Wizards. Oh. You know, so unless you knew Black Sabbath, you'd have absolutely no idea what I was going on about today. Because um, I saw quite a few photos of him with wizard hats on over the weekend. And I know when he was at Ajax, I think there was, there was that gift they put up of him impersonating a wizard and making things disappear. He made Sheffield United disappear on Saturday. It's got to be the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? He was called the Wizard of Am at, at, at Ajax. That was his nickname. Yeah. But what's the song Jonathan will remember? Because Jonathan was one of the... The wizard, the wonderful wizard of Charles. Zayek. Zayek. Charles. I don't think it's going to catch on, Ginger. No. None of mine ever do. That's probably a reason for that. <laughs> because I sing them so badly. No, 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 no. I blame the lyricist always. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um... Because uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Ziyech. At least I hope we'll talk about Ziyech a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot as the season goes on. Uh, I tell you what, the other thing, very quickly, which I, which I also know, I loved his post-match presser. He comes across as a really cool guy. I mean, I know he's Moroccan, but he's clearly very Dutch in his attitude, and I really like that. And I like his little glasses that he wore. Anyway, we move on. Um, I think we've also got an absolutely talk about uh, Thiago Silva again. Um I'm going to lay out uh, lay out a bit of a scenario for you, and then let me, let, and then I'll I'll be interested to hear what you think. I mean, I was very pleased to see he got the captain's armband because I predicted this in an article for Football London, what seems like eons ago now. I mean, I know it's well. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously Aspie wasn't playing, but in recent times when Aspie hasn't playing and Silva has, Kante's had the armband, Jorginho's had the armband. Obviously, Jorginho wasn't playing either, but. I'm, I was really pleased to see that happening. He's such a natural leader. Maybe Frank was waiting for him to, you know, bed in a bit and his teammates to get to know him. But great, uh, great uh, move, on, on, uh, I think, from Frank there. Scored a brilliant goal, a brilliant headed goal, uh, aided and abetted, of course, by a fantastic delivery from a corner. And actually, on that point, um, that's I think Chelsea are really improving on set pieces. I mean, that's now six goals from set pieces in eight games this season, which is great. But I think the real... Uh, tenet of my uh, point, really, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to do a piece on this this week if I can get my finger out. But it occurred to me. Um, I mean, he 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 reminds me of Desai actually uh, when he came to the club. Similar kind of stature, if you like, as a player, uh, one of the best defenders in the world at the time. And of course, we called Marcel the Rock, didn't we? And Silva seems to have have, have easily moved into this role. But of course, the other thing about Desai was that. You know, he eased uh, a very young 
John Terry into the future. So I'm wondering if that might hopefully have ramifications for Tamori, although there'll be more of that later. But uh, what would you what do you say to my comparison, uh, JK, as uh, Silver, The Rock Part 2? I think he's better than Desai. Desai was pretty good, you know, when when we got him, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think he's... Um, uh, he seems to be more... He's cooler than Desai. I always got the impression that Desai was just... Get, got caught out of position from time to time from my memory of it i'd say i'm not as um uh i'm not as knowledge i wasn't as knowledgeable then as i am now about what necessitates a decent defender and uh i was always slightly disappointed by desai i know it sounds ridiculous i think it was because the team wasn't doing as well as they should have been um so uh i find it difficult to make the comparison um because to me, at the moment, Silver is uh, uh, magnificent. And it, it's just the little things he does. It's the, the, I always felt that Desai was a bit more hot-headed as well, um, which I'm not getting any evidence of at all with, uh, with Silver. Who, and I, I, I thought it was a, um, a, a very good, it was a very interesting thing for him to be given the captain's armband, which means his status within the team is now huge and in a very short space of time. And I think that's uh, that reveals a lot about him as a character. Got some uh, breaking news. Breaking news. I mean, we need to get a, like a breaking news sting that I can fire in when. Da, 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 well, da, da, you, do you know? Remember, breaking news. Remember, <laughs> you see, this is what you should do with your spare time, mate. You got a bloody studio. Create some Chelsea fancast stings. God damn it! Oh, I will. I will for you. You will. will. No, you should. <laughs> But no, but there'll be things like that, though. Just I don't care. Going, the sillier, the better. Okay. Jonathan, the one of the one of the one of the many, 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 many reasons I love you is your silliness. Never ever lose your silliness. Anyway, remember we used to have the news round music, didn't we, for uh, for our TV incarnation of the fan cast many years ago? We nicked that from news round. Anyway, we digress. Breaking news from Mixler, the good denizens of Mixler. This is genius. That's not what he says. This is my opinion of it. Planet Earth is blue. Uh, silver machine. We've got a silver machine. We've got a silver machine. There we go. Uh, uh, that's good. That he, yeah, good. isn't that, that good? Is really like good. That. We've yeah, got a silver good. machine. You could just do it for like an hour like they used to yeah. do at Stonehenge. Yeah. yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, love that. Love wow. that. Wow. What are the chances of that happening, though? Well, the... none of us are there, so no, bugger indeed. all at the moment. <laughs> I know, bugger all. But I mean, ultimately, what are the... Because it'll just be something like, the silver, silver, or some Tiago, Tiago, silver, Tiago, silver, 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 Tiago. Yeah, completely inappropriate, and the brilliance of that—that that is just yeah. that is so spot Hi ho, Tiago, silver, everywhere <laughs> we go. <laughs> oh dear, it's already we're twenty minutes in, and it's all it's already descended into chaos. I love it. Um. Yeah, Mark. Um, what do you what What do you think about the Desai? Comp- I mean, you two actually, because I mean, you know, you've been going forever. Dino's uh, started going in the nineties, so it, the Desai thing might resonate with him. But Mark, Mark first. I always liked Desai as, as a centre half. I think the only criticism I'd make of him, he was a big game player. You know, he was absolutely brilliant in Champions League games. Sometimes when you go into Watford or Stoke City, he wasn't, shall we say, as always as interested. I think I'd more compare Silver Pompsey to Ricky Cavallio. I, I see some Cavallio in Silver. I think the other thing I, I, I would say as well is if you watch Match of the Day on Saturday night, rather than The Rock, 
I love Jonathan Pierce's description of Silver. He called him the Emperor. Ooh. Yes, he did. I, I like that. I agree. Know. Yes, I love, like, he is the Emperor. Yes. You know, you know, so, what like, like Emperor Roscoe from Radio Luxembourg? No, nothing like him. Nothing like him. <laughs> no. And again, when my my kids were younger, I think they saw a Disney film like called The Emperor's New Groove. You know, so I think he's, <laughs> got, he's, he's certainly got his, his groove on. I think the other on. thing I'd add about Silver, I think, you know, if I remember rightly, both Dean and I at the start of the season tipped him as our player of the year. Yeah. And I think everything I've just seen in recent weeks, he's such a brilliant, brilliant player. Uh, and even just walking onto the pitch, he looked captain-esque yeah. you know, on yeah. Saturday. There was just something just special doing, about yeah. him. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it yet. There's a photo someone's put up. And the height he reaches, because he's not a big, you know, let's, you know, yeah, he's not a big bloke. The height he reaches to reach that header, it's just almost speedy, you know, speedy like in memory. You know, the guy gets off the ground, you know, as well, and he, he wins his head as well. And I don't think, I think stats-wise, I don't think he put a foot wrong on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's a clever, clever player. He's, he's just world-class, period. And I, what I love about him, Dean, and, and, I, and I really do want you to talk about my Desai and uh, Silver comparison. What I really like about Silver, Dean, is that like all really good players, you know, world-class players, it doesn't matter that he's 36 because he's got a yard in his head. And there was a lovely moment in the game. I think it might have been Brewster, but I could be wrong. But he just hunted him down because he knew that the ball was going to go there. And he set off. It was just brilliant. And that, that's that's Terry was like that because JT was never quick. Never, never quick, but he would always get to the ball first because he had a yard in his head. So uh, that's what I like about him. But uh, is he, is he was a... a sorry sight, Chidge, wasn't he? He what? was so completely. Brewster was a sorry sight. He was so yeah. completely under uh, Silver's thumb. He was. He was. It was but... just a poor, poor boy. I don't have any sympathy for him. He left to go and join Liverpool. He he only has himself to blame. Uh, Dino, um, is is uh, is Silver the new rock? What do you think? Uh, well, for me, like I say, I sort of got the end of his sort of career. It's only a couple of seasons that I sort of remember him. I was only quite young, so you know, you can tell Silver's got that elite level sort of ability, that brain. You know, that moment he spoke about is what I've written down about him. You know, if that was Kurt Zuma, it would have been one of them like last ditch tackles that we all sort of love about him. But that's because he hasn't read that that ball's going there and that's going to happen. He's always reacting to it. And when I was on the show, the end of last season, we spoke about selling all four central defenders. Yes. Good enough. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, Kurt Zuma's actually good enough now. And mm. Tamori could be good if he plays with Silver because he elevates everyone around him. And I've heard his English is actually really coming on and that's probably why the armbands. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to get a job teaching these uh, foreign players English. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, listen, I've just had more breaking news from, from uh, Mixler. Uh, the, the Reverend Tony Glover is in Mixler at the moment, which is brilliant. Um, I love the fact he's got the night off and he's still listening to the show live. You've got to love him for that. Uh, but it's a bit like um, when when Tony says something, it's a bit like hearing hearing a ghost, isn't it? You know, because he, it's like he's here, but he's not here. So it's coming from beyond the grave. Tony has said, I can't believe, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to do this in the voice of, of Tony, but I said, I can't believe I heard JK saying that. French World Cup winning captain, disappointing. <laughs> well, but I, I echo what Mark said. Actually, I think Mark got it right. I think he disappeared from he disappeared from some of the uh, 
the more mundane games. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, all right. He was wonderful winning a, winning for for France, as was Leboeuf. But <laughs> I preferred Leboeuf. I thought Leboeuf was uh, there was a madness about Leboeuf. He could make the odd rick, but uh, I liked his energy. I liked his shooting from the edge of the area. If you'd said to me um, he's a similar to Leboeuf, I'd have to say no, he isn't. But Leboeuf did it for me as a player for Chelsea. I thought he was brilliant. Have, have I told you my Leboeuf story? No, no, tell me now. Do you want, okay. You might, you might you might remember Michael Roban. It's before your time, but dear old Michael from LA, great mate, has been on the show a few times. I used to call him our, our LA correspondent of the Chelsea fan cast, but uh, he met Frank Leboeuf because, uh, of course, Frank's in films now and Mike, Michael's a film producer. And... Uh, Michael phoned me up to tell me he was going to meet Frank in a restaurant in LA to talk about some movie. And I said, Michael, I will never speak to you again if when Frank walks into the restaurant, you don't stand up and go, he's here, he's there, we're not allowed to swear, Frank LaBeouf. Anyway, he did, because Michael's like that, and Frank absolutely loved it. Cutting a long story short, I, I, Michael kind of helped me to set up a meeting with Frank at Stamford Bridge and... You know, so I, I had his number and stuff and I rang him and, and he, you know, I got his answer machine. Anyway, I'm driving in the car with my good lady wife, who whenever I drove with her would never let me go anywhere near my phone. She's very legal as my wife. And uh, anyway, the phone rings and uh, <laughs> and it's Frank LeBeuf on the phone. I didn't know this at the time. And she and she was like, obviously a bit taken aback. And she 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 looks at me and she just looked at me, and says, I got fucking Frank LeBeuf on the phone. <laughs> yes, and she was completely gobsmacked because at least she knew who he was, which I was impressed by. Mark, you've got your hand up very diligently. I have. I've got. I've got a Frank LeBeuf story for you as Good. well. Love, love a head. Frank LeBeuf story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've uh, told you this one before, Chidge. Um, I think if you can remember at the time, uh, probably the last days of Viali, um, and um, Viali was very keen to sign Gareth Southgate. Um, potentially as a replacement of Frank LeBerth. Well, obviously that didn't happen and uh, Viali didn't sign Bogard, someone else did. And obviously that's all uh, of Gianluca Viali. But at the end of each training session, they used to have a penalty shootout yeah, and they'd split into sides. So training had finished for the day. And apparently this is what Frank LeBerth said. So at the end of the shootout, um, so Frank LeBerth goes to you know, Gianluca Viali because they have their teams. He goes, well, I'll take the penalty for our side. And you can get Gareth fucking Southgate to take the penalties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, that is quality. That's quality. Right. Um, talking of penalties, of course, the Germans never miss the penalties, do they? And uh, I don't think we can uh, talk about, you know, I mean, we could sit here and talk about all 11 players for the next four hours and, and that, that all quite rightly be deserving of huge and high praise. But I, I want to mention... Timo Werner, who I'm I'm beginning to really, really warm to, actually. I mean, that's his eighth goal of the season, his fourth in the Premier League. The thing I like about Timo is that wherever he plays, whether he plays on the left, clearly doing a job at the moment whilst Pulisic is injured, or if he plays in the middle, you just... I mean, this for me is the mark of a really good player, and in particular, a really, really good striker, JK. It's that, you know, he puts in a huge amount of effort, he tracks back, he puts his foot in... But you know he he can he can do nothing for ninety minutes and yet he'll score you a goal. You know he does way more than that, Werner. I'm not saying he goes missing or he hides, but you can't keep him out of the game. And I just think, I mean, you know, I think that's just a blessing for a striker. What a good it, player! Interesting, is it that 
that you sort of forgave him missing the sitter. Well, that was yeah, but it was only just a mi- I know what you mean, but, yeah. but well, you, because you go, well, we're winning and it's not that vital, and uh, he should have got it. But and I, was I thinking, thought he was unlucky with the one that hit the bar. Oh, wonderful snapshot! Yeah, that's the kind of thing that you you that's suddenly when you realise you're in the you're in the company of class here. He's uh, the uh, you know off balance, the ball coming through really quickly, and he zips in a shot like that is just. Uh, um, yeah, as I say, it's class. He, he, he uh, I knew he'd score. I, even after he missed the other one, I thought he'd score another one. He'll just belt it. Um, but yeah, he he moves. He, his movement is fantastic, and he's, as you say, it, I don't ever think he's not in the game. He, he's lurking. He's there. He's looking for for opportunities. I don't think playing on the wing is his best position. It still puts him in the middle. I think it's because um, it's working with Tammy. Whether at the moment, whether flukily because Pulisic is injured, but um, Tammy's come on leaps and bounds. We're looking at a different player to me. We're Literally at, as well uh, as metaphorically. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and um, not even in a different space-time continuum like Tony appears to be in at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm once again, we've got another world-class player. You know, so. He's going to get you something from nothing. That the one that hit the bar was something from nothing. You just think, wow, what a goal that would have been! And it's a snapshot, and it's a half chance, and uh, he almost put it away. So I, I'm, you know, these these bar, these purchases are just phenomenal. And and poor old Pulisic, who was possibly, you know, had been coming into his best form, he's got a dodgy hamstring. We're not missing it though, but. Daniel, can you get back, please, to give us that option as well? Because, uh, wow, well, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think Werner's. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's not his best position. I mean, I know in Germany he played as much on the on the wing as he did uh, in the middle, and he's he he was as as effective at scoring. I mean, the thing this underlines the point. You go and look at the stats; he's as effective scoring from from wide as he is. In the, I just think he's a great player, Dean. I mean, the more I see of him, the more I really warmed. He's a busy striker. I like it. Yeah, I was just sort of looking through sort of the notes I made of the game when I was watching it, and I haven't mentioned Werner at all. And I think that's because you know you just sort of come to expect that he's going to be involved, and you know that's what he does. He gets chances and he scores goals. Um, you know, as you said in Germany, he did play off the left. I think when you've got a centre forward that plays like Tammy's been playing, he's just as good on the left. I think when the striker doesn't do that sort of job that Tammy's been doing, he's largely left out of the game and you probably prefer someone like Pulisic out there but you know anyway you put him in that front three at some point in the game there's going to be a chance and he's going to score a goal or make something happen for the team and you know another world-class talent another potential um, dangerous player that the opposition has to worry about and we can get goals from all over the pitch and you know I put him to be top scorer because he's going to you know score as bad for the goal. I think he's going to get 20 minimum this season, Mark. He's got that kind of smell about him, if you know what I mean. I agree. He's got eight goals already. You know, we're only a short way through the season. Whether he plays down the middle, plays down the left, you know, um, you know I just think he contributes so much. He's, he's, I know we're making comparisons tonight. There's a bit of Crespo in him for me as well. He just does so much mm. off the ball, you know, that, you know, if you were in the stadium, you'd watch him for 90 minutes as a striker just to see how he performs. Other, you know, and then he just pops up you know, and w- with a goal, goal as well. What, what an acquisition. And I know we're going to talk about Tammy later, but actually him and Tammy up front together, that is working really yeah. well a- as a partnership. You know, yeah. The last few games together, it's been really good watching those, those two together. They're bringing out the best of each other as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that, actually. And I mean, we will talk about Tammy later, but I, I just think his... 
Well, you know, I just thought he held the ball up really, really well yesterday. Of course, he created the first goal, you know, just by holding it up and, and having the, the tenacity to, to, to lay it off, even though he was falling over and being fouled. Uh, now, something... Well, actually, I'm really delighted about this. Um, our usual plug for CFC UK, and I'm glad to see that the Chelsea fancast batting average is still way up there. We have three CFC UK contributors on the show tonight, myself, Dino Mears and of course Mark Meehan. Every every time we plug it, there's nearly always two or three. I've got a secret to to share with you two, actually. You've done it on time. No, I haven't written it yet. (laughs) But I have, I have. I sat on the bog steaming in more ways than one a few weeks ago. Uh, and and I, I've got into the what what uh, dissension in the ranks. Thank you. Uh, just, yeah. Uh. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good pun. I thought. Anyway, uh, there was I sat in the carsy, steaming about. Uh, I was listening uh. to Talk Sport, and I actually I'll, I'll prove it to you. That's my my CFC UK. You can't really see it because the screen's got. Uh, well, there we go. There we go. You can see I, that is my yeah. article. It's, on, it's all written on my phone, and there's loads of it. Look, that's that's kind of CFC UK. All I have to do is transpose that to a word doc before friday midnight what are the odds on me doing that anyway um well i can't remember at all what i was going to talk about. oh i know i was going to share something with you two and of course the wider populace guess what i found mark i know that you're a bit of an archivist guess what i found when i was hunting around fannying about going down the wormhole with a few kind of old external hard drives that are about my office that was 37 years ago on Wednesday when Pat Nevin did that run we talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I found something. 1983. I found something even more valuable than that. I found two of the two episodes of the original Chelsea fan cast uh, hosted by the Blue Blagger and Kelvin Barker. Wow. Collector's yes. items. Collector's items. I'm not sure whether I should... I've told the great man himself. Actually, I've got a, I've got a response from him. Were you on it, Chid? God, no, no, because it was before I even knew about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was before my time, you know. Why this, have you got it then? Well, because he got bored of it, I think, and gave it up. And and then I met all and the he, people... He, and you got the, the drive, you got the show from him. He had gone... Before yeah. I right, I mean, he obviously, obviously, football fancast had got hold of him because, of course, even I mean, you know, he's he's just you know, he's the man, you know, he still is, and uh, and he did it with a few people like Cliff Auger, uh, uh, Kelvin. I don't know if Mark was on it, but I wouldn't be surprised. No, he I wasn't. wasn't no. no, no, um, but he he had finished all this before I turned up because I met them in about February in two thousand and eight at some launch party. They they kind of relaunched it. Or launched it, I'm not sure. And and I asked them what they did. I got talking to them and I asked them what they did. And they said, oh, they, they've got a website and they do lots of podcasts for each club. And I said, have you got one for Chelsea? And they said, well, not at the moment. We did have, but the bloke's given it up. I didn't know it was DJ at the time. Um, and I said, well, I'll do that then. And then the rest, as they say, is history. But, you know, he, he did about 25 of them. You know, I think in in the in two thousand and seven, but I've managed to find a couple of them. I may publish them. I'm just trying to find out what he said to me when uh, I shocked him with this news. But uh, I don't understand. How did you end up? How did they end up in your in your? Um, because I I I think football fancast gave a few to me. Right. You know, but I can't remember why. But I I just got a few of them anyway. Uh, I I told him the great news, and he, do you know what he said? Well, he said, "Any good?" 
<laughs> I'm not answering that. Anyway, we digress. Uh, CFC UK, uh, as you know, the entire universe's best fanzine ever, ever, ever. Uh, there will be a new one coming shortly because, as me, Dean and Mark all know, uh, that we've got to do our articles this week. Uh, these two have probably already done theirs. I've got to do mine before Friday. Okay. No? Oh, good on you, Mark. Should I race you to the midnight deadline? Oh, yeah. Let's, I, I'm, usually, I'm usually one of the last, and DJ's usually sort of messaging me yeah. friendly on a Friday yeah. saying, are you going to do your article? Don't worry if you're not. And I will say, yeah, working on it. I'll have it with you by midnight. Yeah, I might go a bit left field again. I'm, I'm researching one about an Aboriginal teenager called Buddy Newchurch that came to play for Chelsea in the early 1970s and w- whether or not my research will fill up a couple of pages. Yeah, That is amazing. I can't wait for that one. Anyway, um, it'll be out shortly, obviously, digitally, because, uh, well, and, and in hard copy, but uh, you can't get it at the stall anymore, obviously, because we're not allowed to go. But do not worry. You can either subscribe digitally online at cfcuk.net or if you want the hard copy, just email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk and you can subscribe or you can buy an individual one at two quid, including first class postal delivery, and you can pay by PayPal. So it's very, very easy. I recommend you do it and do it now. Now, we will be back in a minute. And we're going to talk in part two more about the Chelsea-Sheffield United game, including uh, the fact that it was a great match, basically. And we've already mentioned, mentioned Tammy. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're, we're going to ask whether we're contenders for the title because I think this is a rather interesting season and also I'm going to moan about the international break. See you in a minute. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Real Fans, Real Opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast with, of course, as ever, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hooray! Hurrah! Huzzah! Lovely to be here. Lovely to see you, uh, and of course the wonderful, uh, the, the the chief uh, chief editor and football writer for the ChelseaFanCast.com dot com website, Mister Dean Mears, and published author, I should add. Evening, Chidge. Evening, everyone. Good to see you, mate. And uh, another published author of so many books. I don't think I have enough time to reel them all out, but uh, I think uh, the Eddie Eddie McCready one is the one that uh, Mark will be long remembered for. Uh, Mark Meehan. Yes, good evening. Glad to be riding the Blue Wave tonight. Oh, very good. Like that. Yes, of course, because this show tonight is called The Blue Wave, because uh, I believe we are on the upward, not the crest of it yet, but we're getting there. Anyway, um, as I was saying a minute ago before the break, I think we just should revel in this. I mean, one of the things that 
that I really, I mean, I, as you know, and I, I, I said this on Friday on our preview show. I then said it on Talk Sport uh, to uh, Adam, what's his name, and Mickey Gray. I actually I embarrassed Mickey Gray because uh, I, because I, I thought Mickey Gray was a decent, decent left back in his day, and I asked him what he thought of Reese James, and uh, Catman said started taking the piss out of him, and I said I am old enough to have seen Mickey play actually. <laughs> which kind of embarrassed him somewhat. <laughs> anyway, we digress. I was pretty cautious. Terrible, terrible debut for England. He did, Absolutely. didn't he? I terrible. know. I think he might have been a one-cat wonder, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All he did was just get the ball and pass it backwards. Couldn't I know. do anything with it. He was so scared. Froze. Yeah. Froze. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame. He's actually, de- you know, a lot of their pundits are complete plonkers. In fact, actually, that's going to be the tenet of my CFC UK article, funnily enough. But... But Mickey Gray's all right, actually. He's, he's, he's fairly level-headed. But I was quite cautious. I mean, I went for the 2-1, and I, I thought it was going to be really, really tough. I thought Sheffield United would be a tough nut to crack. And, of course, they haven't been done by anybody this season. It's all been by the odd goal. They lost 1-0 to City. They lost 2-1 to Liverpool, very close. And I thought, you know, and, of course, the way they started it, they were putting, like, they had six people in our, in our box in the first minute. I mean, I thought, shit, we're in for one here. Of course, we were... You know, undone by a decent um, set piece. You know, but a bit, you know, bit a bit sloppy. You know, Kante and uh, I think Ziyech switched off. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and that can happen. I, 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 you know, I don't like it, but I accept that can happen. But I think the point is the thing that I'm labouring to get to is the fact that you know, it, it. I was just so pleased to see us struggle at the start. You know, suffer at the start for a little bit, and then get to grips with it. And then not only claw it back, but really put them to bed, JK. You know, well, we didn't just, like, struggle. We we got over the the, 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 the hurdle and really made it count. That's, that's I love that. Well, after 20 minutes, I was thinking, can they keep this going? It'll be 1-0, in which case Clayton's prophecy would have, uh, would have come to fruition because he said, being Chelsea, we'll lose 1-0. Do you remember? And they'll... They'll score early on. But I, I just didn't think it was possible for them to maintain that press because it was so energetic. I mean, very praiseworthy. I thought they played fantastically in the first 20 minutes. We weren't in it. I make, um, um, like Dean, I make notes and, and said, Dean, Dean showed them all to the Twitter world, which was very impressive, whereas uh, I, um, I just put mine on my phone and forget about them. I haven't looked at them since, but I remember making a note saying um, 20 minutes. I, li- I, like, I like the fact that Dean does his on paper, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, isn't old it? Old yeah, school. Yeah. Oh, very old school. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. yeah and with, li- with, little, with little kind of, you know, scribbles on them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Doodles, and, I uh, think, is the word I was struggling struggling for. In fact, what the doodles, they're not they're not relevant to the to the notes. I don't know. Just, ask Dean. Are they relevant to the notes, Dean? I don't think the notes are relevant most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I thought... Um, um, my, my part of my thing, I wonder, part of my observation is that you, you, you've got to, if you're pressing like that, you've got to be so fit to keep it going. And I think they were fitter last year. But also, we've got the genius. The genius, it, it, it's what seems to be the way to defeat the press is just to play really decent long balls. And they weren't tippy tapping the ball around the goal, which they would have done before. But last year, when we lost 3 0, they kept playing the same tippy tappy around the goal, even though. Um, Sheffield United were 3-0 up and pressing. This instance, the ball's booted down the pitch a lot. And I thought that we've made an improvement there. I think, I think, I think, S- I think Silver sets that, that tone, that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. we've now got a central defender who can... I mean, I know Louise used to do it, but, you know, I think Silver's just got such an intelligence. He, he, 
he also the, the 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 balls from left to right from both Reese and from Chilwell and Mount and Mount are completely magnificent yeah. and spread the place so so brilliantly. And I, we haven't mentioned Chilwell in this because we're going to talk about Reese James as well. But I think Chilwell has just been absolutely brilliant as well. He's another person who is is absolutely top of his game and is um is is part of the part of the 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 brilliant setup again. But um no, after the first uh, the goal set the goal relaxed everybody as well. Um, and um, was once was once again because of a very long Zayic pass. And all right, um, Tammy scuffed it, but he got the volley in. And uh, um, and I felt then that all the the air was like a, a balloon. All the air was let out of them, and um, uh, and we then just completely bossed it from then on. But it was interesting that it was it required a a, a long punt. And also, I think Mendy is 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 excellent at this as well. He's very accurate with his throws. And his kicks, he's looking to keep the game progressing all the time in a way that I'm afraid our previous keeper was not. Mm. Apart from all of that, uh, Dean, I thought we played some really fluid football. And that was that was what was so delightful to see. You know, there was constantly that. I mean, you know, as I said, it, it starts from silver in a sense. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because we kind of moaned a bit um about the uh, performance, I think it was Krasnodar, when uh, Rudiger and Zuma were basically doing what so many of our flaming central defenders have been doing in recent times, which is basically passing it sideways to each other because they don't have that confidence to ping a long ball or, or a pass forward. And I think, you know, Silva, for all his great defensive qualities, is making such a difference for us going forward. So he's he's... You know, every time he's got the ball, he's looking to go forward with a with an incisive movement. Mount playing in the four three three again. I think that makes such a huge difference. His energy, always looking to go forward, has the ability to go short and long. There, there's, I mean, I know it's an old cliche, but they look like a side with forward momentum in more ways than one at the moment, and it's really added to the fluidity. I think. Yeah, I think everything we did in the game was was really positive, and I think the four three three is the biggest factor in that. You know, there were times when you know, Mount made the bursting run through past Abraham and on the end of a through ball, and then you know, obviously Kovacic for the first goal, and then in the second half he had a similar opportunity where he sort of froze on the edge of the box and knew what to do with the ball, um, and then the next minute it's you know, the left back bombing forward and getting him round the back, and you know there's so many different lanes and passing channels that are opening up through all the different movements they're doing and you know speaking of Mason Mount you know seeing that him that you know last year he attempted 55 passes only once in the league in the last three games he's averaged over 70 yeah really, um, you know showing his class and you know getting on the ball and how important he is to, to what we're doing yeah it's absolutely key I mean we've been saying it you've been saying it I've been saying it, we've all been saying it uh but I think this could be you know the position to make his own really um Interesting thing, uh, Mark, on the other side to Mount, we had Kovacic, who I think was really poor for the first kind of 20 minutes. But actually, once the once the rust came off him, I think he really settled into it. Because I, we were all talking beforehand about, mm, you know, you know, Kante and Mount, obviously, no-brainer. Is it going to be Jorginho or Kovacic? Frank went Kovacic. And as I said, ultimately, I don't think he let him down. And it proves that he can also do a job there when Havertz isn't playing. Not as creative as Havertz, obviously, but he can do a job. No, I would agree. And I think when we talked on the fan cast before about picking who would be that three in midfield, we, we know what, and I know what my favourite three is, but we said in the event of one of them missing, you know, Kovacic would step in and be a worthy addition to the team. I agree. A bit slow start, but I, th- I thought he had a good game. I don't yeah. think anyone 
you know, probably had a bad yeah. game. It, it was such a good team performance on Saturday. I think this is a sort of game wherever you are as a Chelsea fan, you know, you could not not enjoy that game on Saturday. You know, JK mentioned Chilwell. You know, never mind Chilwell's defensive work. He could have had a hat trick. You know, never mind the goalie scored. You know, yeah, he had chances in that first half, and that's you know a fullback getting forward. Reese James crosses. How we were up front midfield. Such a good team performance. You would have to be sort of like Mister Picky, like the pickiest person from Pickville, a really fine fault on anything that we did on Saturday. And I think you know, just walk around, you know, with a smile on your faces because that was a really, really good performance. Uh, I know we're going to talk about um, Prem predictions and I'm having a mare on that lately. I went for 4-0 before the game on Saturday. I just thought, do you know what? You know, the way we're playing at the moment, this is the sort of result we should get. You know, a bit nervy when they got that one back in that first 10 minutes where they were battering us. But as JK said, once we got the goal back in, yeah, we could have got a lot more than four. It was yeah. such a good team performance. I think we were chatting before we came on air and you could either choose either Everton game the last game before lockdown last season, when that team was really coming together, um, we beat Everton 4-0, or go back to when Conte was manager and that performance we put in you know, under Conte when we absolutely put Everton out of sight. You know, that's probably the best home performance in quite, quite some time. Probably, It probably might shade the 4 0 Everton and probably Frank's best home performance as manager. Mm. It was that good, I thought. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, let's move this on because you know, I said that we wanted to talk about some of the others and... We, we we did mention Tammy a little bit in part one, but I kind of want to lump Tammy, Reese, and Mount together because, you know, a lot of talk uh, at the beginning of the season with the likes of Havertz, Werner, uh, Ziyech, Chilwell, uh, Silva, all these really good players coming in, you know, particularly up front. Would the likes of Tammy, Reese, and Mount be able to compete? You know, they had their chance last season. They all did really, really well. But, uh, you know, can they cut it with these kind of more world-class players coming in? Well, I think the answer is a resounding absolutely, you know, for me, um, to take them one by one. I mean, as we said in part one, Tammy holding the line, linking up play, still scoring goals and in the Champions League, you know, three three consecutive goals in the Champions League. And, uh, you know, we've got James, who I think... I mean, good God, if Graham Sooners likes you, then you know that the, the, he's obviously a good player. But he looks better and better with each game. And he's the real deal. Only 20. And I think as for Mount, I think Mount... I can't express, uh, frankly, how much I love and adore Mason Mount as a football player. I mean, even when he was at Derby, and I never really watch anybody other than Chelsea, but... I did take an interest in Derby because Frank was managing them and because Mount had gone there. I hadn't seen a lot of Mount at youth level, but I, I thought what a player he was for Derby. He was fantastic last season, and I think he's just getting better and better and better. And as Mark said, in the right right position, I think he's coming into his own. But um, I think if you were going to sum him up, actually, you know, I, I'd say this change to kind of being a more industrious, if you like, number eight is is really helping because he's got so much energy and intelligence, you know, drops deep, helps in the build-up, switches the play, lots of long balls that we were talking about. It, it's his work off the ball and defensively, which I think is as, is as outstanding, Dean, as as uh, his attacking play, which we all know about. Yeah, Mason's a like, superb player, and you know I don't really understand why people don't like him. You know, he's if he wasn't playing for Chelsea, he'd you know be every top club would be after him. 
he would be, you know, the front of every manager's wish list because he's one of them players that, you know, while he is fantastic in that midfield three, if you need someone to play on the wing, if you need someone to play as a 10, you need someone to play a bit deeper, he can do multiple jobs at a very high level. And, you know, he's one of our own to come through the academy, you know, we'd probably spend 50, 60 million on him as we would Reese James. You know, they're well, going to be world-class talents in, in the future. They're fantastic right now. But, you know, just having those having that Chelsea connection to them as well, I think that makes their value even greater. Yeah, it does. JK, I, I kind of I very rudely put my hand up as you were about to, to say something a minute ago. Oh, God, I've forgotten. Well, no, I, I, haven't. I've... No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I've just been theatrical. Um, uh, I just want to say, I thought that um, what I love about Mount is that he, he represents so many qualities that as a supporter, I already love um, because of his effort and his constant running, which is something that I've, I've always approved of all through the years. And um, the other fact, other fact about him is he's really skillful and has an excellent shot and is a terrific footballer. So you've got all those things together. So you've got an absolutely excellent package there for me. And uh, um, if he has qualities that some of the others don't have, um, which make the team work so excellently. And I'm um, I'm very uh, I'm very fond of him. I think he's um, as long as he plays in the right position. Having said that, though, he makes an effort whichever position he plays. You can never ever accuse him of of not making an effort. It might not work, but but the point I was going to make, in fact, was that what I love about Tammy now as well is he seems to have added um, the the quality to him, which before he frequently went into the penalty area and sort of struggled, and two players would be on him. He now goes to the penalty area and he's looking to play the ball backwards a lot into an on-running player, which is something we haven't seen before. So his vision is actually becoming much better with those around him. And he plays that sort of layoff backwards really very well indeed. And he did that again on a couple of occasions. So I'm just very impressed with his evolution as a player, as obviously as Frank. I mean, I think the problem will be what will Frank do when, when Pulisic is back to fitness? Will he then bring bring Tammy on will, will will Tammy lose his place merely because Werner is 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 the better player at the moment very different player but you think you're going to get a goal every time from Werner I don't know it's tricky for he's not going to not pick Werner really that's the point well he me. nearly did against Burnley so I, well, I no mean, he gave him he was going to rest him wasn't yeah, he really? but, you know I think I look without I'll get into that in a minute actually later because I want to talk about player fatigue and that, that kind of comes in with the international break but uh, yeah. Dino you, you you wanted to say something yeah just to solidify Jonathan's point about Abraham you know last season he got six assists in all competition he's already got five wow. in games that he's played and you know, his all-round game, you know, is really improving. And, you know, last year I said, you know, for Tammy, I think we need an elite striker to come in. And I got scoffed at a bit. I think Tony on Mixler that night as well sort of gave me a bit of stick for that. But I think, you know, just supposed to show that he's elevated his game because he's got quality around him. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Dean. Uh, Mark? Um, the other thing you mentioned, like the Graham Sooners interview, you know, hopefully people watch that. That was such high praise you know, from someone like Graham Sooners, like the praise he put on Mason Mount on Saturday night, he said he could play for any team yeah. in the Premier League. You know, yeah. uh, I get Mason Mount, you know, I think he's a tremendous footballer. And, and listen to Dean's stats there, you know, sort of fascinating, you know, you know, the numbers he's crunching out there. And there was this lovely quote in there for all those people that think Mason Mount, Frank's his dad. 
you know, that, you know, Frank was actually even still criticising on Saturday, telling him to stop fucking about Mason, you know, and get the ball out to Reese. I love that. I love that quote. Stop fucking about me. So the bar is still set high by Frank Lampard. You know, you know, there's none of this sort of like, you know, nepotism going on there. He's in the team on merit because he is a bloody good footballer. Yeah, we don't go to the training ground. We don't see what Frank sees. But yeah, we see it when he turns out on the pitch, certainly. And I thought Mason had a, a fine, fine game again on, on, on Saturday. And I think, the, and it's not a criticism of Ashley Cole. I, I thought it was a shame it came up, you know, when Ashley Cole mentioned that. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a shame. Well, mention and, what? You didn't tell him what he mentioned. Yeah, well, but basically, Ashley Cole sort of said that some fans, you know, basically saying on Twitter, don't seem to rate yeah. him. I, yeah. I was pissed off that he said that because yeah. it's bollocks. And I, I said, not a criticism of Ashley Cole, but I thought it was a shame, a shame to mention it because... Well, hang on, I, hang on, Mark, Mark, Mark. I mean, basically what Ashley Cole said was he, he said to Graham Sooners as a kind of a, an aside, yeah. he said, oh, but some Chelsea fans don't rate him, Graham. And, and I just nearly lost my shit because every single Chelsea fan that would go to Stamford Bridge on a weekend loves him. And that was, that was the point I was going to make is that actually that's almost jumping back into social media again. If you were going to Stamford Bridge... Every single week, you would know what a tremendous footballer Mason Mount is. He was last season. Mm. He's carrying on, on this. And that's that whole thing about social media creeping in, forming opinions. Yeah. 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 When a lot of it is just bollocks at the end of the day. Yeah. It's what yeah. my article's about for CFC UK, funnily enough. You just we added another one in there. Aren't we, Chidge? Gaslighting, mate. <laughs> that's what it is. It's gaslighting because it's only, only twats on Twitter who don't rate Mason Mount. Okay. Every single, I don't know one Chelsea supporter that I speak to regularly, no trust and love, who thinks anything different from what we've just said about him, you know. And Ashley is always right, Gaffer, apart from in that respect. But I mean, you know, this is the thing. You can you can easily even okay. Let me put it around another way. Even Ashley Cole can get gaslit on Twitter. Um, I was going to say something, but Mark Mark got my dander up, so I've completely forgotten what it was. But uh, thank you, Mark, for getting my dander up. Um, I think the final point. I think the final, at least I can still get my dander off, I suppose. But um, (laughs) uh, the final point on this really is that I think actually I know what it was. I mean, and Mark kind of alluded to it. You know, Frank uh, Lampard was the hardest trainer at Chelsea while he was there. He was always the last off the training ground. He learned that from Gianfranco Zola. He made the absolute most. He wasn't. I don't think he was the most naturally gifted player we've seen at Chelsea by a long, long, long way. But I tell you what, he worked harder than anyone to be the best that he could. And I think that's why I think he he is going to prove to be such a superb manager because he he won't he won't settle for shirkers. You know, he, if he, if you've got a player there who's got supreme talent. He will encourage that talent and nurture that talent, but he'll make them work hard to make it even better. He won't. He won't be like Glenn Hoddle, who will just, who will just go, "Yeah, well, you'll never be as good as me." He will encourage them to work hard to get the most out of that talent. If you haven't got the most talent, he will make sure you work twice as hard. And I think this begs the next question, uh, nicely segueing from that, because I wonder if. Callum Hudson and Doyle, and I don't know this because, as Mark rightly said, we don't see them train. But I wonder if Callum Hudson and Doyle and Ficayo Tomori can learn something from Tammy Reese and Mason Mount, who have clearly upped their game this season with the arrival of threats to their uh, positions and world class players. They've said, "No, no, I'm not going to be. You know, I'm not going to shy from that. I'm just going to work harder and prove that I'm as good as you." 
that's what I need to see happening with Hudson and Doyle tomorrow. And I wonder if they can learn something. And I think the other corollary of that is that if they don't put it in, if they're not prepared to work hard, I mean, Hudson and Doyle, I think, has got talent to burn. But if he doesn't put the work in, he's not going to play. And I, I mean, Lord only knows what's happening with Tamori. Who would like to take that one? First come, first served. Mark. Uh, yep, I'd agree. I think Callum Hudson Odoi, tremendous talent, absolutely tremendous footballer. But the but is still there. Yeah. Um, and Tamori, it's a more trickier one. Um, the guy must have done something wrong because I don't, other than one game last season, and even when he's made appearances this this season, I don't ever call him actually putting a foot wrong and having a bad game. Yeah, so yeah, there must be something that we don't see. Yeah, and Frank is the boss at the end of the day. And it he'll... could be the training, Mark. That's the point. And that's why I say it must be something we don't see. It must it must be something on the training ground. Although, obviously, the recent apology they've issued today probably doesn't help either of their situations. You know, that, was about, that, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, ha- having fallen foul of the COVID rules once, you know, Callum hudson Joy is apologising again. You know, it's, it's these silly mistakes that can just... If you're, if you're in management, just... Pick, you know, probably just piss Frank Lampard off and just reinforce, you know, why they're not in the first 11 at the moment. There's probably a bit of growing up they might need to do off the pitch as well. But Tamori, again, Tamori, I do struggle with because don't get me wrong, I think Zuma is playing really well beside Silva. But of all the four defenders at the start of the season, I was delighted when Tamori was staying because I think long term, you know, he could be, you know, a, 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 you know, the defender for, for, for our back four long silver, but he's just not getting a game at the moment. So it must be something on the training ground. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I'm going to move this on because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to hex this or anything. In fact, you might find out that I'm not going to hex it either. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, currently, you know, we're sitting fifth in the league. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've won four, drawn three and lost only once to Liverpool. We're the top goal scorers with 20 We've got the equal best goal difference of uh, plus 10. Uh, we're three points behind the leaders, Leicester, and only two points behind Liverpool. We're unbeaten in eight, uh, or 11, if you don't count uh, being knocked out on penalties by Spurs. And ah. I'm, with, I'm with Mourinho on that. Losing to penalties doesn't count. Um, the other interesting thing is, is that in the league, currently, I mean, I know we've only played eight games. You know, it's, we're, we're, we're a long way, uh, you know, it's hardly just started, really. Only a, not even a quarter. Well, not even a quarter of the way through the season. But eight points. There's only eight points between leaders Leicester in first and Le- and Leeds, I think, in fifteenth. It might even be Brighton. No, it's Leeds in fifteenth. Which tells me, J.K., this is this is possibly going to be the most open season we've seen in the Premier League for donkeys' years. Or things will just get back to normal and level out. I, I think it might be the former because I think I think the the fundamental change that we've seen this season is the impact of not having crowds there yeah. to G the team up and also the impact that that has on referees. You know, yeah. isn't it noticeable how few penalties Man United have had at Old Trafford, for example? I still think the refereeing is is naive, and I still think VAR is. It's absolutely is, shocking, but they're not getting swayed by the crowd. No, no, but they're also still guilty of all the errors they make. I'm watching Moss, bless his cotton socks, who who tries as hard as he possibly can and appears to actually consult the linesman, which made me made me uh, um, shake in disbelief. He's just not up with play enough. But do you think it's going to be a more open season? 
Um, I, I didn't answer your question. No, no I think that's why I asked it again. We're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to run away with it. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Fuck it now, really? Yeah. Why? Because I love him. I love him. It's brilliant. Tell me why. We're, because we're fantastic. <laughs> we're, we're going to get more and more fantastic. And I wouldn't be surprised if they buy rice at Christmas, in which case um, they'll have an even better team. I, I just think that he's made a decision, Abramovich, to, to make them into an elite club again. And they will become, they've already, the signs are there, they're going to be an elite club. And they will beat everybody. And I, I just think they, I think it'll, they'll just run away. I think we're, it'll be evens, all right, with other clubs. But I honestly think, I can't see them having a blip or a bad run. I can't see it. They're just getting better and better. And you've got, if you've got players as good as this who are going to come into form, they'll just win. You know, I prophesied for, I got 4-1, Mark. I said 4-1 uh, uh, the other day because I look at them and just go, they're going to keep scoring. They can't not score. I can't, I can't see anybody holding them. If, if Frank doesn't, you know, as he did with United, he made a deliberate attempt to not, to not actually attack very much and just play one specific style. If if now that they've got this right, I can't see many teams just just coping with them. So I I, I have um, I have huge belief in the season. I think we're going to just boss it. But yeah, oh, yeah. but um, but um, yes, for many other clubs, it's it's sort of meaningless whether they're home or away. Well, the fact that it's really open and and it's perhaps a more level playing field. Uh, bodes well. I mean, you know, because I, I mean, I went into it. Yeah, but I said this on Talksport because they asked me this. They said, "Come on, Judge, come on, Judge. You think do you think you can win the league this year?" And I said, "No, no, 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 no." I said, "You don't make up that kind of, you know, difference between last season, uh, you know, in, in a season, i.e., the however many points we were behind Liverpool." But I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to question that after the performance on Saturday, and I think one of the reasons why I'm questioning it is because it is. Such an open season, I think, and but I not do... only that. I think Liverpool have got you know Van Dijk's injury is yeah, enormous. Totally, totally enormous. He's a terrific player, um, and um, and cities just haven't got their mojo. No, well, that's why they've got Gabriel back now, who's obviously. But they're and... missing players, mate, as well. I I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I I just think it's open. I mean, Dean, you know. One thing that is occurring to me, actually, about this Chelsea side, I love JT, uh, JT, I love JK's optimism here, but why not? You know, I think we are developing into a great team. But the thing that intrigues me is we've talked about this as well on and off that, you know, things go in cycles, don't they? And and Liverpool, in a sense, set the benchmark for the last few years. Uh, and that was really built on having a great goalkeeper, obviously a superb centre back, Van Dyke, but also two brilliant young, uh, you know, fullbacks who can rampage down the left and the right. And of course, this much vaunted three-man attack that all seemed to be, you know, we didn't they didn't have a proper centre forward, but they they were all interchangeable, you know, Mane, Salah, and Firmino. And then you look at what we've got, and we seem to have got a really good goalkeeper, a really good centre-back who's world-class. We've got two young, rampaging full-backs who can do a huge amount of damage. We've got three interchangeable, high-quality strikers. But we've got something else as well. We've got Mason Mount and we've got Kai Havertz. So we seem to be taking that Liverpool model and pushing it on a bit. Yeah, I mean... The- Quality all over the pitch, and you know, like you said, this is the first season sort of like this in in history. You know, the way no fans and you know, last season was already sewn up before the, the football stopped. Really, Liverpool had the league sewn up. This year, you know, like you said, it's, it's wide open, and a 
been listening to the, the boys on London is Blue and there's a little saying they've got going on which I am I'm on board with and it's why not us? You know, why why not us? Because any team can win this league this year, Liverpool, Man City, you know, even Tottenham, you know, disgusting to say it. But, you I, know, love it. I love it. There's there's enough talent there, like JK said, you know, every week they're gonna play, they're gonna score. I, th- I think it's really interesting, Dean, and I think Mark Mark will have something to say about this. I'm, I'm uh, brilliant what you said, and I, I mean, and J- JK is a is 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 a is a wonderful national treasure of a loon. So you know his unpredictability and flip floppery is legion. But I love what he said. You know, you know me. I'm a bit more strategic and level headed about things. To, for, to 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 my shame, really, because it it takes the emotion out of it, and the the game is emotional. Mark, I suspect, is a little bit like me. But those of us who've been around long enough might be a bit more cautious. But actually, bollocks to that. I think that I think there's a really good point to be made there. Why why not us, indeed, Mark? You know me. I'm an optimist. You uh, are. You are. This is true. I, 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 my prem predictions. I've done a Mark Lawrenson and predicted us to win every game this season. Which <laughs> probably accounts for what you're going to talk about later. But why not? You know, uh, we're nine to one at the bookies to, to win. This is a mad season. Um, if you'd asked me yesterday while I was watching the first half of the Liverpool Man City game, I'd have probably gone no bloody way because they were both so good in that first half. But in the, the second half, they weren't. And this is just so unpredictable. There's so many mad results. Villa putting seven past Liverpool and then going to lose the following week. They lose 3 0 at Leeds United. And then they go to Arsenal yesterday and win 3 0. It's yeah. just it fabulous, really though. Bonkers Re- results out there. I was actually thinking, Mark, sorry to interrupt, just thinking, what would Grealish do if he was playing for us? Oh, wow. He was superb oh, yesterday. He, was, he wouldn't get in. He wouldn't get in because Mount would keep him out. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> I think any side now that has any level of consistency, you know, has, has as good a chance as anybody. Everybody seems to be beating each other. There is an impact with fans not being there. There's no influence, as you say, on the referees. There's no influence on the home or away team. You know, actually having that advantage of the home side, you know, so I think it'd be interesting in a couple of weeks to test this out when we go to Newcastle, you know, in an empty stadium, you know, could that work for our advantage? Yes, it possibly could. So um, I was listening to the radio today while I was working from home and there was an absolutely lovely tune that, you know, that upbeat music, you know, um, like uh, I think was it Andy Saunders put uh, uh, an upbeat load of tunes on Spotify yesterday. And I don't know if you can remember the new radicals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up. It's a beautiful morning. No, that was well, the Boo Radleys, wasn't it? No, no, Boo Radleys. The, the new radicals, you always get what you give. Sounds a bit hoarse. Fantastic it. song. Filmed yeah. filmed in the video was in a a, a mart, a, a mall, wasn't it? That's yeah. right. The opening line of wait um I'm getting mixed up now with the, with the Boo Radleys. The opening line of the new radicals is wake up kids, we've got the dreamer's disease. Yeah. yeah. Why not dream? Yeah, what yeah, do you well, why not? No. I'll, I'll tell you why not, Mark. We're going to win the league. I'll tell you why not to be a party pooper. I mean, look, I, I think it, it is confusing because it is open for the reasons that we said, and I think they're very, very valid. But I and I said this on Talksport on Friday, and I, and I'll stand by what I said. Um, I think our first eleven pretty much, you know, uh, put Havertz in for Kovacic, Pulisic possibly in for Tammy, if you see what I mean. But you know, our first, let's say our first fourteen 
is a match for anybody in this league, and I include Liverpool in 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 that at full strength. But we know, we know, we can't deceive our own eyes here. You know, you lose Kante, you lose Mount, you know, you lose a couple of key, you lose Silver, and you have to play Rudiger and Zuma. It suddenly it it changes. So I, I think. You know, we'll see with Liverpool. I'm just just reading on Mixler. The good denizens of Mixler have just said that Terence Trent Derby's out for four weeks. They've already got Van Dijk out. So, you know, mm. yeah, you know, let's see how they do without key players being injured. But I think, I think it would affect us too. And you need to keep your players fit, you know, and you need to have consistency. And I still wonder whether, you know, a lot of players that have come in who are new to the Premier League, plus our young players how they'll deal with that consistency. There's only one other thing that I will say, and I also said this on TalkSport on Friday, and that is, I did. I said what we said on last week's programme. You know, Conte famously changed a three at the back, half-time, as we were getting absolutely thumped by Arsenal in a performance so bad that I sat and yabbered to John Fleming with my back to the pitch for the entire second half and didn't miss a thing. But that then instigated a run of something like 13 wins in a row, let alone not losing. And that basically won us the title. And and we wondered, didn't we, last week, if that 4-3-3 changed against Krasnodar, I wonder if that might do the same. I mean, if we go on a comparative run for like 13 games, winning each game, then I might go, yeah, I think we might do this. But we shall see. Jonathan? We may. We may. I just want to say we may. Now, I've just, I was intrigued by, um, it's just digressing slightly, by how Jota has fitted in beautifully at Liverpool. He's a good player. Yeah, and it, but it was very similar to the kind of thing that Liverpool did all the time um, in their in their heyday when they just buy the best players and they fitted in. And um, that's something one must be wary of is, the, is that ability. But uh, I think if their defence starts falling apart, they're very ordinary. Um, but no, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not saying this I'm not saying this out of any desire to be, um, you know, just to find a different angle. I honestly think there there are so many germs there of brilliance that I just think it'll get better and better and better. So. Mark? Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention earlier when we talked about the Sheffield United game, uh, and I think you had it on the show a couple of weeks ago, when Smithy basically said how he compared to last season. We also drew at home with Sheffield United last season, so we're also two points better up. Yeah. Yeah, again, so we must be about four or five points better on the equivalent games against the sides we played last, last season. So that bodes well. Yes, Liverpool still have to be favourites and probably Man City second favourites. You know, let's be realistic about it. But at the same time, the way we're playing, the opportunity that this team can only get better. Yes, you're right. You know, injuries can put us off course. But if, if we keep the same nucleus of 14 or 15 players together, we don't have suspension, we don't have injuries. Yeah, I'd like to think, you know, we've got as much chance as anybody in this mad league at the mm. moment. I, yeah. I still think there's a few <clears throat> kind of weak weak links in the second team, if you like, but we shall see. I tell you what, what might scupper it in the short term, of course, is another infernal, bloody international break that absolutely does my Sweden. It really, really does. And I worry that that will interrupt our rhythm. I also worry hugely that uh, we might pick up some injuries. But of course, that that's an interesting point because both Pep Poop Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp uh, and I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer were all moaning like stink about the intensity of the schedule at the moment and the and the clear player fatigue 
that's happening as a result. And I think that's a, that's a genuine worry because of the weird circumstances we have. And of course, that might be uh, an unknown factor which might affect us as much as it might affect anybody else, Dean. Yeah, I think they were calling for um, the five subs again, weren't they? Because we're the only league that's not doing it. Everyone else is sticking Yeah, that seems bizarre, doesn't it? Yeah, you look at the fixture list after the international break, it's like every three days or four days there's another game. And, you know, sort of managing your squad through that's difficult enough. You know, in game, limiting that to three substitutions makes it even harder. I think obviously the big clubs want that because they've got bigger squads and it makes it sort of easier for them versus the, you know, the smaller teams. But you know, like you say, the international break could um, put a spanner in the works of a few teams, not just us. Mm, indeed it could. Um, well, there we go. Uh, I think that's uh, time to have a little pause in the football and uh, time for me to tell you about some great product, some great Chelsea product. Okay, so basically three books. Uh, first of which, of course, is uh, Tales of the Chelsea Unexpected by Dave Johnson, who is Mr. At Only a Pound, and Neil Smith, who's an absolute legend at Smithy East End, uh, where they talk about 40 amazing Chelsea matches against 31 different teams and a series of outcomes, scores and subsequent events that nobody could ever have predicted. And that is available worldwide via Amazon, priced £8.95. Uh, for the paperback and two ninety five on Kindle, uh, our old mate Chelsea Chadder, he's got a book out as well, the Ultimate Chelsea Quiz Book, uh, which is one thousand nine hundred and five questions to test your knowledge on Chelsea, and that is six ninety five for the paperback, and that's also available worldwide via Amazon. <clears throat> and the last, but by no means least, let the celery decide, uh, which is of course our good friend Walter Rotten's new book. Uh, which basically recounts his experiences of the Champions League semi-final second leg against Barcelona and the final in Munich. It's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant book. I did an interview with him recently, as you'll know, because uh, I would hope that you've all heard it. That's available in paperback for seven ninety-five uh, from Gate17 and Amazon as well as Kindle. And we will be giving away a copy of that book in our competition in part three. Mark? Uh, just a couple of points. Just on the the, the final point about player fatigue. Um, yes, you know, looking at where Thiago Silva's got to go, he's got to go to Brazil. Then he's got to go to Venezuela. He comes back to Brazil. He flies back to London. Then he flies up to Newcastle. So that'll be a real test of fatigue for Silva. Be interested if he actually plays in, in that game. That's a long old trek. And we've got other players doing long journeys over the international break as well. So a, a, a good point to make about the international break. It could break our routine and break our momentum. And then just the other the other point, just on let the celery decide, finish reading it. It's an absolutely great book. Yeah, recommend it to anybody. Well, well worth you know a purchase. Yeah, yeah. but wait till later. You might win it in a competition. You might indeed. Uh, right. Well, we will be back in a minute to uh, to read a couple of great emails out. Uh, talk about the Prem Predictions League. And also, uh, you know, do the competition to win Walter's book. See you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and him over there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hooray! And him down there on the left, Mr. Dean Mears. Mm-hmm. 
And last but by no means least, him, he's underneath me. It's a bit like that um, Ronnie Barker, Ronnie Corbett, John Cleese gag, isn't it? But uh, he's kind of below me on the screen. But I look up to Mark Meehan because he is a legend. <laughs> Good evening, cheers. Good evening, everybody. We're going to win the league. We are, we are, we are. Right, now, uh, JK, we have two emails this week. But yes. they are both beautiful. Oh, lovely. Shall I read one? I think that'd be lovely. Oh, thank you. Uh, Jake Aldridge. Hey, guys, hope you're all keeping well during this difficult time. Thank you very much. We are. First off, how good is Hakim Zayek? That left foot would scare the shit out of me if he was playing against us. He also makes such a menace of himself by randomly popping up on all their areas of the pitch. It's like he has a free role in there, and I think a couple of others do as well to an extent. It's confusing our opposition, and even me too at times, but I love it. The other thing I like about Hakim is that he has that passing ability, passing ability where you feel chances are being created almost out of nowhere. This is such a breath of fresh air when you compare it to, to a lot of the Route 1 side-to-side -side passing that we had to endure so much of last season. Interesting point, yes. Someone else who's impressing me even more so than usual is Mason Mount. Yeah. He plays like he's in turbo mode nearly all of the time. I love the sense of urgency about his game. You can tell how passionate he is for the team and the club by the incredible shift that he puts in every week. It's not just offensively, but defensively as well. You get the distinct feeling he's going to be a world-class player in years to come. I can see him as, as the England captain too one day. I love listening to the fan cast each week. You guys regularly have me laughing out loud. I feel that as I get to know each of your personalities better, everything becomes all the more amusing. I love how Chidge is generally <laughs> the patient, forgiving and often level-headed fan. Whilst JK can be, well, let's just say, a little less so. I do have to say, however, that as a supporter, I often find my feelings and frustrations aligning with that of JK's. <laughs> Not tonight. Look, <laughs> I look forward JK's to the rant. Been, JK's been eating the happy pills tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't eat them, Chidge. I stuff them up my ass. I look forward, <laughs> I look forward to the like rant. Like bleach, mate. Exactly. Exactly. I inject them and can't help but wonder if there should be a place for them in the running order of the show. Yes. Well, you can't. The trouble is, you can't put, you can't have um, Chidge's rant or Mark's rant or JK's rant or Dean's rant because the, the rant needs to come out of the, out of the show. It's organic. Yeah. 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 If you, if you had this, it's your turn firm for your rant, you go, uh, I'm not feeling very rant like, actually. Sorry. And then you wouldn't Spontaneity, say Spontaneity, mate. Indeed, indeed. You mentioned how Mason Mount was the square peg with the 4-2-3-1 formation. And though this is possibly controversial, I often feel like perhaps Werner is the square peg with the 4-3-3-9. I guess if Christian and Hakim are both fit, then Werner will play as the striker. But while he's on the left, I feel he often goes missing for large parts of the game. You see, it's what I said. He makes a habit of always wanting to play more centrally, whilst it's nice to feel like we often have two strikers. And I know he's scored goals from central positions. I can't help but wish he would sometimes just stay out wide and that but perhaps miss that build-up play overlap from the left. Imagine, for example, if Werner and Chilwell began linking up down the left as well as Hakim and James do on the right. I think with Werner's pace as well, surely he could do some damage out there on the left. Unfortunately, my personal feeling is that Hudson Odoi is simply not mm. good enough. Da, right. Da, da. Da, da, da. Mark me and. Da, 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 da. <laughs> 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 
I think it's great that Mendy is doing so well. But I do think it's a shame that whilst everyone sings his praises, it's not often done without slaying Kepper at the same time. Yes, it's what I did earlier, didn't I? I said that about, about him in the game against Ajax. I haven't heard it much from you guys, to be fair. But elsewhere, I do think is enough is enough. And we should perhaps remember he is a human being going through a tough time and having to do so whilst very much in the public eye. It almost feels a bit like cyberbullying to an extent. I hope he makes a comeback and proves us all wrong and joins another club. Sorry, no, I said that. I did that. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Sorry. Um, finally, I think Kovacic needs to start instead of Jorginho. Yep, we agree. I get the distinct feeling that Billy is going to play a part when he returns. Good point. We haven't talked about him. Mm. How long is he off? How long He's is he back off? Back soon. The... He's training. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the above. Much love to you guys always. My Tuesday mornings wouldn't be the same without you, Jake. Well done, Jake. Fab mail. Brilliant. Bless Brilliant. you. Um, good, good points. And absolutely spot on about Chidge, of course, who is indeed just the uh, the, the level-headed, patient-forgiving man that we all know and love. You should, you should see me in real life. It's completely the opposite. But uh, I, I think, you know, the point, Jake, is that I think this is what makes the show what it is. I mean, it was it was born out of the desire to bring what we kind of do in the pub after a game uh, to you know, radio, podcast, call it what you will. Um, and that's why we love having, you know, it would be terrible if we all sat here agreeing with you. I mean, actually, we have broadly agreed with each other all night, but it's hard not to when you've just seen the team you love spank somebody 4-1. But, you know, disagreement and dissent is welcome on the show because that's what happens in the pub. Uh, sadly, uh, we do it now with less beer involved, but, you know, it's emotional and we all have opinions and that's kind of how it should be. So if it comes across like that, then I'm, you know, job done, really. Uh, on on your other point about Kepper, Jake, I did write uh, an article which went up in London a little while ago making exactly that point that, uh, you know, we need to think about Kepper. He is a, he's a young man and he's very exposed as a goalkeeper and I, for one, hope that Chelsea are looking after his mental health apart from his you know uh, you know training and, and, and technical ability because he needs support so there you go um we got another one sorry does anybody want to come no everybody okay no no Dino wants to say something there was a similar piece that I wrote on him for the for the fan cast as well about um you know, keeping him in mind when we're sort of yeah what we're saying about him because you know like you said he's he's very young and exposed and you know, Mental health is a is a big thing these days. You know, it's being pushed for for people to talk openly about it. And, you know, just because he's a rich footballer doesn't mean he's not human. Quite right, Dino. And uh, it was a very good article, by the way, that you wrote on the Fancast website, Mark. Yeah, I'd echo what Dean says as well. If anyone's read the book, um, German goalkeeper Robert Enke, you know, tra- tragic story. So again, you know, you know, he's going through a hard time at the moment. And again, football is very unpredictable. You know, we were here years ago with Dave Besson. You know, Ian Portfield said that Dave Besson would never play for Chelsea again. Well, Dave Besson lasted a lot longer than Ian Portfield did. And hopefully we don't get it. But if we had injuries to any of our goalkeepers, you know, you know, Kepper would have to step in. So, again, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, he'll get back to being the good goalkeeper he was. Yeah. Mark, you'll be proud of me because in my article, I managed to name check the Robert Enker book, Albert Camus. And Vim Vendors. My God. I got, well, I, I got the hat trick. But the Robert Enkers book, it is a remarkable book if people haven't read it. Is. It is, yeah. Turmoil he, he, he went through. And, you know, I think it was a German international who yeah. played for his country as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was a young German goalkeeper who committed suicide. Uh, so this stuff is real, man. You know, so you've got to be careful. Look after people. Um, okay. Uh, Andrew Davies is our second stupendous email of the evening. And he says, hi, Chidge. Apologies for this long rambling email. I hope you have time to fit it in somewhere. Ever since the relevant preview show, this has stuck in this has been stuck in my head. You mentioned that our Russian opponents in the Champions League are made up of a collection of aging journeymen. And every time you say their name on the show, I think of one thing. Kras Yadar. Simple things, eh? All the best, Andrew. That's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Oh, the joy of it, the joy of it. Okay, so only two emails this week, but hey, I don't mind. You know, sometimes we get loads, sometimes we only get a few, but we always read them out because that's how we we roll. We get loads, we do them in a separate show, don't we? Yeah, mate, I tell you, if we get too many, we have to because otherwise, you know, the poor... Uh, the, you know, those who are with you and I, you know, I think it, I wouldn't keep them here that long. Anyway, um, yeah, easy. ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. That's where you send them to. Or at ChelseaFanCast on Twitter. Or uh, ChelseaFanCast on Facebook. Or at ChelseaFanCast on Instagram. Any other? Oh, Patreon. Yeah, you can you can send us messages on Patreon. We will read them out. Uh, now, this is a, arguably the most important part of the entire show, of course, the uh, Prem Predictions League. I've got a question, actually, before I get on to this. Dean Mears. Dean Mears. You, I remember, signed up for the Prem Predictions League early doors, and then you disappeared. What happened? I did all the signing up, and then went to do the PayPal thing and forgot about it. And then, <laughs> like three weeks later, I was like, CJK on minus. <laughs> yeah, he's on. Very amusing. I can't do worse than him. You thought I'll have a <laughs> And then like, I forgot about it again, but I've seen the table, so I've improved. Be- I've improved. I've, I've, I'm not a minus anymore. Oh, brilliant! No, I, I wondered if that had happened, Dean. But fair play. You don't know what you're missing, mate. It's just it's worse than than crack cocaine. Anyway, okay. Take seconds, Dean. Take seconds. Make anything up you feel like. Just stick it in. Don't make any difference. All right. Okay. So. um where do I start? Well, uh, I think I'll start with the current leader that is still the wonderful Joe Mingola, who uh, we've got to know quite well. Actually, I, the other thing is that there's a Discord group uh, which all the people who take part in the Prem Predictions League um, are, have been invited to join, uh, along with our Patreon members who, who get to join in because we love them and they pay us money every month, and that's the least I can do. So, it's a really, it's lovely. It's it's great fun because we we often, of course, because you know when you're doing the Prem Predictions League, you kind of have a, a more than a passing interest in all the other games that are going on. Uh, so we're all in the Discord chat room talking about this, that, and the other, which is great fun. So you know, if you want to join the Discord group, you number one, you have to be in the Prem Predictions League, which is now closed, or you can become a Patreon, and uh, you can then auto, well, you don't. It's kind of automatic. You just kind of let me know when I give you the link. But there we go. Uh, anyway, Joe Mingola is still our leader. He has been the leader. This is the eighth week. He's been our leader from the word go. He's even managed to get the best result in the entire league of over 1,500 people. So Joe is a bit of a legend. Anyway, uh, he is still the leader, but he didn't get the best result this week. Uh, that befalls to the lovely J.L. Hines, another person we know and love from uh, listening to the, fa- the Facebook. Joe is now in fourth. And he got 151 points this week, including a 28-point bonus for having his bonus team of Southampton, I think. 
Um, but what did what did he, he do? He did really well. He got Man City, Liverpool spot on. He got Southampton, Newcastle spot on, and a bonus. Uh, he got another one, two. He got another one, two, three, three right as well. So he did pretty well. But he got one spot on. It's all about the spot ons. He got two of them. Uh, I've got none. I've got no spot ons. Well, I'm, I'm going to get to you. Don't worry. Uh, right now, the other the, the the table, the league within a league, as I like to call this, which is the Chelsea fancasters, of whom Jonathan, Tony, me, Mark, uh, Dane, Marco, and Martin are all members. In reverse order, uh, still propping up the Prem Predictions League. He is the the sh- I don't know who's who's bottom of the league. I I, I didn't know because I had I had the league, didn't I? Printed out in this. Yes, the Sheffield United of the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League is still Jonathan Kidd, but I'm but, good for twenty minutes and then I fall apart. But well, okay. Uh, but uh, he is no longer in negative equity. Jonathan is positive now. He's now got sixty-one points. So you got seventy-three points this week, J.K. You did all right. Yeah, yeah. I almost got several absolutely spot on, but didn't. That's why I've yeah, got north. But you did all right. You know I. I, I took a bit longer over it. I took about a yeah. minute rather than my usual five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you got more. Well, you got more points. Also, also, I refuse, as I said, ever to make allow Leeds to win. No, so I know. I mean, this is going on a bad run is good because it means that I get the results right. Yeah, this is difficult, isn't it? Because you you don't want to ever predict teams you hate doing well. But anyway, Jonathan is still bottom, even though he's done all right. He got seventy three points this week. Tony is twenty ninth. Uh, he is. He got. He's got seventy one points. He's not one hundred and one. Uh, I'm. I. You know. I didn't do as. But you know. I was appalling last week. You know. I was the only one to get minus points out of everybody in the league. This week, I kind of took it a bit more seriously too. And yet, I managed to go down. I'm now twenty fifth. Uh, because I got sixty three points. Mark, you had a shocker this week. Yeah, I. I, I had a mare this week. You and did. It's, it's quite. Quite a strange one. There's two teams that are actually doing my undoing every week. And JK's mentioned one of them is Leeds United and Aston Villa. You know, when, when I predict Leeds United to get beat, you know, like when they went to Villa, they win. When I predict them to win, like they did at Palace, you know, you lose so many points by Palace sticking four past them. And Villa's the other one. You know, I predicted Villa to get beat comfortably at Arsenal. And, you know, when they've won, you know, I've, I've, I've not got that right. So if you look at it, I got five results right yeah. at the weekend, but actually I got a terrible score. Because the five I got wrong, I got very badly wrong. I had the same problem, Mark. I got one, two, three, four, five, six right. Not spot on, but the right results. And yet I only got bloody 63 points. Uh, largely thanks to Palace walloping Leeds and uh, Villa walloping Arsenal. But there you go. Anyway, Mark's yeah, in... Other things to say, Chidge. Credit, credit a Dane. When Dane was on the show yeah. the other week, yeah. he did say, you know, he's pretty good at this. And I think Dane had a really good weekend, but also... It's the spot ons where you get the points. Yeah, Dane's done pretty good on the spot ons as well. You know, he's he's risen up the table as a result. He has indeed, uh, and I mean that's the point actually. A bit like the real Premier League, you can go up and down this like a yo-yo. You want one or two good weeks, and you're right up there. And Dane's crawled out the bottom. He's now on twenty second. Mark's twenty third. Marco, who I always, you know, quite often, I, I think Marco is the great sage. Obviously. Uh, he's slipped down to 17th. He got minus 14 points this week, so he had a mare. Uh, and Martin Wickham. Martin, I tell you, he's a canny old bugger, Martin. He's a very, very bright young man, and I'm not surprised to see him leading the pack of the fancast boys. He's in 12th, so there you go. So there we go. Well done, everybody. Remember, there's a break this week, and then uh, we'll be back with it in a week or two. Now, uh, I did promise you uh, that we will be doing a competition, and I'm a man of my word. Uh, we did run this on Friday, and I have to say, J.K., I fear 
that Clayton's question is far too clever or perhaps far too old for people to even... Nobody entered. Astonishing. No. Normally people do, yeah. Normally people wow. do. So, I mean, when we did the last one for Marcos, but we had five that night. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read it out again, and I'm going to read it out in a way that hopefully people will understand a little bit better. Okay? A bit more information. But Clayton's question was basically his first game, the first time he ever saw Chelsea play was when they played Tottenham Hotspur away in the 1-1 draw on the 18th of March, 1967. Right? And on that day, in that game, a record was set which still holds today. Clayton and I want to know what that record is. So there you go. Now, if you know the answer... I know the answer. I know you know the answer. (laughs) Do you know what? Hell has frozen over because I knew the answer too, which is astonishing for me. But uh, anyway, you are... We can't enter. No, we're not. We're banned from entering. But anyway, I've already got a copy anyway. If you want to win a copy of the wonderful Let the Celery Decide, Walter Rotten's book, uh, then what you do is you email chelseafancast at gmail.com or if you're on Patreon, send me a message on there. Or if you're on Twitter, send me a direct message on there. However you normally get hold of us on the Fancast, let us know. And then hopefully if there's enough of you get the right answer, we'll put it in a draw and then one of us will pick out the winner, uh, the next time we're on air, which might well be uh, a week today. Anyway, good luck with that. I'll read the question out again. Clayton's first game was uh, Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea, a 1-1 draw on the 18th of March, 1967, and a record was set that day, which still holds today. What is that record? So there you go. Now, while we've been on the air tonight, um, the lovely, wonderful Chelsea legend that is Kerry Dixon... Uh, was WhatsApping me, and he says, uh, he, I told him I can't speak to you, mate, because I'm doing the show. And he says, good luck with the show, and regards to the lads. Sweet. So there you go. Kerry sends his best, all right? Now, uh, I'm afraid that uh, is pretty much uh, all we've got time for. Um, quick, quick shout before I do get onto the outro, as it were, is uh, Alex's uh, Domestic Violence Child Victim Present Fund. Uh, if you... Put those words into Facebook, Domestic Violence Child Victim Present Fund. You will find uh, the link and the details of how to donate a little bit of money so kids who are the victims of domestic abuse at the very least get a Christmas present. She does it every year. She's an absolute Trojan, is Alex. Uh, Hopefully she'll be on the show very soon and she can plug the hell out of it when she does. Uh, The other thing is, um, don't forget the uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust food bank for local residents of Hammersmith and Fulham. We can't make our collections at the stall at the moment, but you can do them uh, online. So there you go. Um, Just trying to stick. I don't have the link. Oh, here we go. Hammersmithfulham.foodbank.org.uk is your link for that. People have been uh, donating their pay-per-view money to that instead of to Sky and BT, which is a far better thing to do. Mark, you don't have your announcement. I take it is not ready yet. No, it will be soon. So okay. by the time you're next on the air, we will have an announcement to make um, that we hope as many Chelsea fans can join in as possible. Well, so hope, I'll keep guessing for now. Hopefully, that time will be next Monday, Mark, because as next we're doing, month. we're can doing. Make a, sorry, sorry, should you say you're doing what next Monday? What are we doing? Well, I'll Monday? tell you in a minute. Oh, can I just say briefly, um, my uh, the first volume of my father's unpublished autobiography. Um, which I found in my mum's loft uh, in 2015, um, is soon to be published. Uh, I've been 
uh, I was going to put it on Amazon, but it was suggested that most of the audience would be over 80 and would be incapable of dealing with the internet. So um, um, I'm, I'm having to reassess what Age I concern, do. website. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look out for that. We'll plug the shit out of it when it's out. When, it, when, it's, when it's ready, I'm just I'm just finessing at the, the moment. The trick I'm, I'm is, is, yeah, use us because you As know. Well, you're, well, because your dad. Well, there's a bona fide reason. Well, there are a lot of mentions about going to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. your dad's a big Massive Chelsea event. fan. Your, bag, Ma- your dad Masses. was a big Chelsea S- fan. Sitting next to Richard Attenborough and uh, um, watching. Um, mentions Doherty's Diamonds as well. Just uh, enjoyed the football so much and. Uh, um, it's uh, it's uh, it, it was it's part of his life, very much part of his life, and obviously going to Fulham as well. Not that we should mention that because that was where lots of actors congregated to discuss casting sessions. We used to stand in the enclosure. Well, they, they didn't have much else to do while they were. To be no, fair, yeah. but no. So it's a, it's a decent read, but I've um, it's been a labour of love. But I've almost finished the first volume. We, you and I might I might interview you about it when the time comes. We'll do a love special. Love yeah? to be in. All right. Okay, sadly, people, that is all we've got time for this week in lieu of no other football to talk about. Uh, But, as I said, you know, due to the international break, there is no preview show this Friday because there ain't no game to preview. However, we will be doing another Q&A show live next Monday. So, if you are one of our Patreon members, you'll actually be able to join the show live on Zoom with all of us uh, and of course, all of the Mixler listeners can still ask questions from the Mixler chat room because we'll be putting out putting it out live on there. Um, I will put a message out with the uh, Zoom link on Patreon this week so that you can let me know if you intend to join us. Please let me know if you do intend to join us. That would be nice. But uh, I don't think there's too much of a limit on how many people we can have in there. Uh, but yeah, that'll be a giggle. The last one was great fun. Uh, we had a few of us in there. Uh, you know, it's welcome as as they all know. But everybody who does the fan cast with me is is welcome to come along. I don't know if you boys are around next Monday, but you're most welcome to if you want. Yeah, I'll be up for that, Chidge. Yeah. And we may have we may have your your special announcement, Mark, as well. I think we will have my special announcement. Well, the special announcement might even be this week. Well, there you go. Even more reason. I, I can get it to coincide with my birthday this week if I'm really good. Well, when's your birthday? On Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. All right. Happy birthday for Wednesday, mate. I hope I remember on the day. Well, um, will, it's the 11th to the 11th. I you know. know. So at 11 o'clock, you'll remember. I hope should should do, shouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, Dino, um, you're welcome to join us next week if you're around. Yeah, if I'm free, I'll definitely um, log on and, and join that. I listened to the last one back. It was a really good show. Yeah, it was fun. It really was a lot of fun because there's no script. It's wonderful. It's like going commando. It's very liberating. I'll leave right. that. I'll just leave that I'm image with you there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Church, sorry what? to ask. What? Can you explain the... Uh, the Krasjadar joke. Oh, <laughs> God almighty. No. No. Re- you've got the script. Read it and work it out yourself, mate. Anyway, goodness gracious me. Where am I? Yeah, so don't uh, don't miss out next week. If you're a Patreon member, um, I'll send you a link. You can join the show live. It'll be question and answer. Hopefully, there'll be loads of us fancasters there. You can ask us whatever you want. It should be just great fun. It was real free-for-all. It was great fun uh, last time we did it, so hopefully it will be this time now. The Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And talking of which, you can uh, also find us and loads of other Chelsea podcasts on this fantastic app uh, by CFC Blues, uh, as they tell you here. 
Now, um, I got another email in this week which didn't really fit into the category of emails, but this is just too good not to read out. I mean, it, those of you, you, you won't have seen the script, actually. So uh, uh, maybe you, I don't know, maybe you, well, no, you wouldn't have seen this version of the script. This is just, this is just delightful, all right? I got this email. I could be, it could just be spam. It could be made up. I don't know, but I'm going to read it out anyway. It says, your podcast, Chelsea Fancast, has good performance in some rankings last 30 days. Position one in the category football, Tanzania, or Tanzania, if you're Donald Trump. Position one in the category sports, Cote d'Ivoire, or the Ivory Coast, if you're English. Position one in the category football, Cote d'Ivoire, or Ivory Coast, if you're English. Position one in the category football, Malaysia. Position two in the category football, Senegal. So a bit disappointing about Senegal that we're only number two. But, I mean, how how bonkers is that? Don't they all speak French in these countries? Don't you think that they're making an error here? Well, maybe they maybe they could speak English too. Perhaps it's the French references that we put in occasionally. Perhaps they're impressed yeah. by that. Conte. Exactly. Yeah. So basically what you're trying to say, JK, is it is down to your correct enunciation of anything vaguely pronunciation not enunciation pronunciation so where i was i would say eddie mendy you say edouard mendy i say say. yeah mark you do realize with that french connection after jk's point about desai earlier in the show you're going to drop from number one (laughs) definitely definitely well i mean you know we say french but these are all african countries apart from malaysia which is clearly not african but uh i mean ask for your back chicha they ask for your bank details no no there was no no exchange of anything was required uh you know they weren't even offering me billion i think this is if this is bona fide and why should i doubt if it is how wonderful that we're reaching out to tanzania the Ivory Coast, Malaysia and Senegal. How fantastic. I mean, Dean, you, you look absolutely gobsmacked by that. Well, well, last year we all had sex appeal and now we've got international appeal. Well, there we go. Combine them together and you get international sex appeal. What can we say? Uh, so there we go. So for all of you lot out there in Tanzania, uh, Ivory Coast, Mal- excuse me, Malaysia and Senegal, I just want to say thank you. That's brilliant. Keep listening. I love it. Surely, Chris. Oh, Chris. Right. Chris, when I talk about Chid. Surely. I know. Who am I calling? Who's Chris? Um, surely, Chid. Merci. Merci. Merci yeah. beaucoup. Uh, parfait. Parfait. All right. Now, uh, I did mention Patreon a minute ago. Um, You're talking French again. <laughs> I, did. I did mention Patreon a minute ago. Don't forget, if you do like what we do uh, and you want to support us tangibly... Uh, then you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the cost, or help me cover the cost of running uh, all the shows that we do and hopefully continue doing all the shows that we do. Um, it's very, very simple. The rules are simple. If you want to donate something, brilliant if you do, and I love you to pieces. If you don't, it's not a problem. I still love you just as much. Uh, well, maybe not just as much, but almost as much. Very, very simple. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Now, I'll be honest with you. I know that there are people out there who dedicate their lives to making Patreon sites the biggest load of wonderfulness ever with like all this exclusive content and tears this, tears that, badges, stickers, you know, I don't know, maybe they sell, they give you their used knickers or something. I don't know. Whatever they do, they do a lot of work. You won't get that from me. I'm far too bloody busy, all right? But what I do promise is that if we do special things, I'll always try and make sure you're first in the queue 
So like the Kerry Dixon mini banners, I got signed copies of those around. If you join up to Patreon, I'm happy to bung you one of those. Uh, these Q&A shows, which I think are a great laugh, and you can come and join in all the fun. I do the best that I can uh, for a very, very busy bloke, but I don't have time to be like doing kind of what do they call it? Premium content and all that malarkey. Just don't have the just don't have the the will. So you know. But if you want to go for it, I love the fact that you do, and I really do appreciate it because it actually it does help. Because this this it does cost me money putting these bloody things on. So it's nice to get a bit back. Uh, there's also the Discord group, as you know, um, which you're more than welcome to join if you're a Patreon member. And I have to say, a uh, certain new arrival this weekend in the form of Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Yes, I I, I that I attended too late though. I just appeared at the end of the day and everybody was debating the yeah. uh, the Penenka penalty. Yeah. One nil on a Sunday evening is not, you know, one o'clock in the morning, should I say, on a Monday morning is not really the ideal time to join. I think any time of joining because it means I'm there. Well, actually, they've got a lot of, lot of people in Australia and the States, so they would have been yeah. wide awake. Anyway, Mark. Uh, talking about Penenka penalties, I presume you saw the Pat Nevin tweet. He's reclaiming the worst penalty of all time. Fair play to him. Yeah, you got to love Pat for that. By the way, Pat's got a book out, hasn't he, Mark? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's coming out soon. So if it's as good as his last one, definitely worth purchasing. Yeah, definitely. All right. Okay, uh, we're nearly there, I think. Uh, I mentioned sending emails in. As I said, that's chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow us on uh, Chelsea Fancast. Obviously, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dean at Dean Mears, Mark at Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. And, of course, a special shout-out to... Louis Thompson or at Tom T O M P S E T L U I Louis Thompson, who's been writing some great articles on our website, hasn't he, Dean? He has, yeah. Someone um, joining the team. He's got um, some good pieces, some good opinion pieces. You know, great to start discussions with. So if you um, see them on Twitter when we uh, send the links out, you know, make sure you're responding to them because um, you know he's probing some interesting questions, Louis. He is indeed. He's a lovely lad. Um, if you ever put something up, Dean, I mean, I know you you can't tweet it out on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter. So if you just WhatsApp me when you or or Louis put something up, providing I'm not obviously in the middle of talking to clients, then I'll I'll tweet it directly from Chelsea Fancast. Yeah, it will do. Yeah, all right, because they they deserve as wide an audience as they possibly can. Right, uh, we're done for this week. We will be back next week, as you know. Uh, for all of you lovely people in Mixler, thank you for. Uh, riding the blue wave with us tonight, as Mark would say. Uh, it's been great fun tonight. Always much more fun when we've won. We're a right... Was it that the Chelsea song? We're the best behaved supporters in the land when we win. We're a right bunch of bastards when we lose. We never lose! If only that were true. Anyway, on that uh, philosophical point, uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, I haven't said a thank you to you lot, have I? What am I doing? Where are my manners? Getting carried oh. away with myself. Dino. Oh. Uh, as always, lovely to see you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you next week in the Q and A free for all. Yeah, joy to be on again. Yeah, thanks for having me and au revoir. Yeah, be lo- <laughs> lovely to see you as always, mate. Mister <laughs> Meehan, an absolute delight and a pleasure as it always is to see you. Yeah, good to be on, Chidge. Yeah, thanks to our listeners in the Ivory Coast, Tanzania, Malaysia, and Senegal. Merci beaucoup. Absolutely. Oh. And uh, bon anniversaire on Wednesday, my mon ami. Merci. Yeah. And uh, last but by no means least, uh, Mr. Kidd. I've got a silver machine. <laughs> Hi ho, Tiago Silva. <laughs> Everywhere we go. Oh, uh, baby. Lovely. What a way to finish. Thank you, uh, you lot. You've been brilliant tonight. Thank you, the Mixler people. Equally brilliant. And of course, thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. 
Up the Chills! Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen.